there's a little cup of tea that Headley pours for Kathy and me, and we adore. We adore Headley, the Butter Podcast sponsor. Kathy, I got titty I today. It almost sounds like the Bonanza theme song. Probably. I don't really know. It sounds very homespun western. Oh, titty 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 I riding on my horse, I got titty I titty I itty I do you want to hear about my titty eye, Kathy? I really don't. I don't want to hear anything about your titties, okay? That's amazing you say that, then. Let's start a show. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four! Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. Recording live once again through Zencaster. I'm Kathy. I'm Count Boogie and I got titty-eyed today, Kathy. I have no idea what that means. Does it have to do with your man boobs? No, kinda. Kinda, but no. Uh But it's a thing, Kathy. If you mm. well, see, because you're not a dude, so you don't. I mean, you you have it. You've probably received titty eye multiple times in your life. But it's that it's that side glance eye where guys try to sneak a look at your titties. Uh huh. And you know, because like you're in the gym and there's mirrors all around, and it's very confusing. It's like Inception because you could be looking at one mirror that's reflecting on some chick bent over doing like some lifty thing, but then she looks at the other mirror that looks at me looking at that mirror. Looking, you got to be very careful because it makes people uncomfortable. And I'm not there to make people uncomfortable, but I do want to look at some titties and asses when I get the chance. So you got to learn. So there's like a whole thing to not be like just looking there's titty eye so when you walk by you look at their eyes to see where they're looking and then you can get a little glance and then you sneak you look, a peek you sneak a peek and that's called titty okay. eye titty eye titty eye so okay so what you're saying is that you were at the gym today looking at boobs well, no, I'm at the gym every day looking at boobs because what the fuck out I'm gonna what am I gonna look at the the leg press Oh, that's a fine piece of uh, athletic machinery. I'm just going to stare at that what? for the hour that yeah. I'm here killing myself. I think that's very, very healthy of you. Yes. No, I am staring. I'm just, you know, and I'm doing it while I work out. I'm getting my titty eye in it and I'm just, you know, enjoying, enjoying the view, but mostly focusing on my work. But today I caught, I didn't even realize. I mean, I kind of, I'm kind of a wreck, Kathy, if you hadn't guessed. Little bit of a wreck. Uh, I had guessed. Well, that's good. I'm very glad. That's called <laughs> intuitive. You are. That's me. <laughs> you are intuitive. So yeah. So I nothing mean, gets past me, Boogie. God damn it, Kathy. That's why you're on perverted podcast. You're sharp, Kathy. Sharp like a razor. Fucking sharp. So I kind of, after a while of being fucking live in your car during a pandemic, you start to maybe drop. Some of the fucks that you give, which I didn't have many 
to give before. No, you didn't. Didn't have many to give before about my appearance because I know that in that gym, other than some attractive women that I'll get some titty eye on every now and again, I'm really not. There's nobody there for me. There's nobody there. I'm not going to hit on people. I'm not going to whatever because I know it's just a lot of non-kinky people. And we're going to talk about that in the FetLife post in a little bit. I know that this is not my pool. So I I really don't give a fuck. I don't have to impress anybody. So I come in in my like homeless jacket and like green shorts. And what I don't realize is there's a special thing, and I forgot, I had totally forgot an accoutrement to my personage, clothing-wise, that women despise. Uh-oh. And so I'm I'm going through the gym, and it's the first, and I've been doing this now ever since they opened up for like 10 days. Every day I'm at the gym now. I'm getting, feeling good, getting in shape, cardiovascular, my back doesn't hurt as much at night. It's good. And I'm walking, and I'm, I see a woman kind of walking towards me as I'm walking past her and I look away and then I kind of glance back and I see her fucking titty eye my feet. What? Like literally just straight titty eye, just straight down, like just like look, head tilt down at my feet. And I'm like, the fuck? And I go, oh my God, I'm at the gym working out in dirty Crocs. Oh, I'm socks, socks and sandal. And they're not even Crocs. They're fake Crocs that I got for five bucks at the 99 cent store. They're that fake cheap plastic shit, right? Yeah. Like they're and they're light gray. I couldn't find black. So they're light gray. And of course, they're just trash because I lift up my storage door with them every day. And so the tops are all like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I got sandals on. So socks, sandals, Crocs. And this chick just like looked down and titty eyed and kind of looked up and looked away. And you just saw like this, this like thing in her throat just kind of go. <laughs> and I went, okay. oh, my God. Wait, <sighs> Kathy. Oh, no, no, no. Wait. It can't get worse. No, 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 no it gets for me. No! For me, it gets better because <laughs> oh, I God. it just all of a sudden dawned on me. Holy shit. I'm wearing Crocs. Women joke and hate hate crocs they hate socks and sandals and i'm here at the gym just rocking the crockins three different women titty eyed my fucking crocs at the gym i am now aware of it i wasn't thinking about it for 10 days and it happened literally three times in a 40 minute workout today i would walk and i'd be afar or i'd see and i'd look in the mirror and I'd see they're just looking down, like tilting, like looking over at my fucking crotch. Boogie, boogie, it was boogie. awesome. I was it's so excited. Not, yes. No, I fucking no. own the world, man. Do you know? No. no women ever look at me. No one boogie. looks at me. If you could just see what. I'm doing right now. I am just, my what? face is in my hand and I'm shaking my head. Why? I cannot this... believe you. I got attention at the gym from cute women. You don't want that kind of attention. It's not like, it's not like advertising or publicity. Not any type is good. Okay. That's the I'm... negative kind <laughs> of attention. But it entertains me. 
Because oh, I know. Because it's shit. It, it, because what the fuck do I care? Look, Kathy, let me tell you something here. Oh, if you God. can't handle the moat, you don't get the privilege of stepping in the castle. Do you understand? I don't understand what you're saying, but I'm going to tell you this. All right, mister. I have that image of you permanently stamped onto my brain because whenever I walked into the love lab, there you were, Mr. I don't give a fuck with this ratty old dirty. I might add sometimes tank top that was so huge that your man boobs were just showing all over the place. This, this, pair of shorts that was so loose i could call them a skirt yes and your crocs yes with socks Sarah on. fucks no. given it is a oh, test buggy. kathy and how many went how many how many partners were not. in the love lab that could get past the ugly moat and got to be in the castle there's a reason for that, and yeah. I'll tell you what it is, okay? Because they got to know you in a kink environment where you are very well known and you strut your stuff and you know your stuff. So that's the environment they see you in. These bitches at the mall don't know anything about you, and all they see that's... is man boobs and Crocs, man. But and that's not a good thing. If one of them gets so fucking ew that they say something. Now is a chance for me to say some shit and fucking do some schooling and or not give a fuck. <laughs> this is the most pathetic thing I've ever heard you say. And that's saying something. Oh, my God, Kathy, you have no vision. <laughs> yeah, right. I have no vision. Whatever. What did you do this week? Besides, I got titty eyed by three hot chicks. Croc titty eyed. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was good. Oh, my God. Wait, but wait. One other question is, do you actually get on a fucking treadmill or on a bike with those Crocs? That's dangerous. No, it's not. What's yes, the, and if you get no traction on that thing, you're going to be sliding all over the, the place. I've been doing it for 10 days. The worst that's going to happen is I'm going to shoot a croc at someone. That's going to be Ex- great. <laughs> oh, that'll add to your image. Everyone's going to love you at the Tiddy gym. Titty this bitch. <laughs> Fatine. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to become known as the Croc guy. That's it. That's totally cool. Totally people all cool. Over, people go out of their way to buy expensive, flattering gym clothes. And you're the opposite of that. You're like 99 cent store man. Yeah, but guess what? It It literally just cuts through the bullshit. Because, you know, some people I talk to in the gym, they're, they're, it's not about the image. Do you know how many two women that I was working out near today were both recording their workouts for their Instagram pages? It's like a whole bullshit fashion show now. I guarantee you that at some point during that recording, they flipped the phone over so they could Hell. get a shot of Crocman. Hell to the yeah. And so somewhere out there, you're on some bitch's Instagram yes. with Crocs. Oh I'm no. Famous Kathy. I'm Crocs. You know, we're gonna Man. have to we're gonna have to involve Enigma in this. He is the social media guy. He's probably seen you out there somewhere. <laughs> what did you That's do this it. week? I'm sorry. I know I wasted everyone's time, but it gave me such joy today, <laughs> and I need joy in my life. So uh, if it if it gives you joy, more power to you. <laughs> Crockman. Titty eye. Titty eye the Crockman. Titty eye Crockman. 
I got I got angry dick. My favorite, Ooh. as you well know. That's that's the good dick, right? I don't know what else to call it because it's not like he's really angry. He's just being super assholish. And nice. for some reason that turns me on and I absolutely love it. And the more he does it, the more excited I get. Uh, it's just it's it's a win win for everybody and I, I really enjoyed myself this weekend. So it gave you a good pounding, huh? It gave me good pounding, good spanking. It was it was all good. It, everyone had a good time. Does he get the giddy up ass smacking rhythm where he switches his hands over while he's fucking you from behind? He I don't know how he does it. He'll smack one side. Well, he's I guess he's when it comes to spanking, he's ambidextrous because he Perfect. can spank with both hands. But then he'll take both hands at the same time. Now, granted. My ass is pretty huge, so you got a nice big target there. There's some real estate. There's some available real estate (laughs) for double-handed ass-smacking per cheek. Exactly. This ain't target practice, man. This This is just throw the axe at a wall and it'll land. (laughs) It'll stick. Look look at that. Another bullseye. I feel good about myself. Look what I done, (laughs) Paul. So I, it does still take some skill to be able to spank both cheeks at the same time while you're fucking. So I, I will give him that. But I'm always amazed at how he does that. And I never expected. And I don't know. Part of me goes, oh, goody, he's going to get mean. I, I'm so glad he doesn't listen to the show anymore. <laughs> well, now he knows you're how into it you're, you are. Oh, he's always known. I'm always more. I'm more surprised that he doesn't do it more often. I I don't know. He's a strange one, that man. As much as you taunt him, I can't believe you're not getting angry dick every four minutes. <laughs> oh, no. He decided that now, regardless, if if I start mouthing off, he'll just grab me and, and start spanking me. Nice. Anywhere we are in the house, and if I do it outside, he just counts them and then waits until we get home and I'm like, finally! God, that's what I've been wanting him to do forever! (laughs) Yeah, not a very persuasive discipline. (laughs) There is no uh, altering of the behavior because of that punishment. That's what we both like. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Zed Life is a funky, kooky, naughty, kinky place with no shortage of cockshot avatars and chicks with cum all over their face. Yeah, and they got groups and events and shit like that if you're interested. On uh, FetLife, we saw a post, and we got permission for, as usual, from Curious 6 who wrote a post called Being Polly on Tinder. And he says, being Polly on Tinder can be damaging for your soul. I have mainly had interactions with the following. Vanilla people that declare themselves as very open-minded but after some chat, they realize that I'm still going to be Polly and I still have my girlfriend. And it always, and I mean every single time, ends with some nasty comment like, I am worth more than having a man that is ready to jump into the arms of another. Or the ones that mainly want to ask about Polly and how I can do that. Am I really okay with other men fucking my woman? Or the ones that want multiple partners for them, but not for their partners. Or the ones that are looking for someone to cheat on their partner with, and obviously us poly people are perfect for that role. Or the ones that are curious about their feelings towards poly lifestyle, and somehow 
They expect me to convince them that it is the shit for them and maybe I should be their practice for the lifestyle. Tinder has become a social experiment for me. It is both interesting and annoying. <laughs> oh, Boogie. Kelly? I'm just going <laughs> to... Yes. <laughs> Kelly, I'm just going to start with a question because you uh -huh. said the word Tinder a number of times. Jace? Can you really, can you really, 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 really expect to find open-minded, self-actualized, pro-poly people on Tinder? Is that really something well, like you should enter? I'm going to make an account on Tinder because I want some legitimate, intimate, connecting relationships on Tinder. Is that what do you mean? It's nothing but self-actualized people on Tinder. <laughs> no, no. Selfish, not self-actualized are two different things. It's kind of like going shark fishing in a freshwater stream. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. You're probably not going to have the best luck. All right. Now. You could have called this post being poly on dot, dot, dot and inserted your social website of choice and it would have pretty much applied here. Now, I'll tell you that I myself have been on a total of maybe three, three, maybe four different social slash dating sites over the course of my life. And in every single one of those, I dealt with similar encounters to the one that uh, Polycurious Six is posting about. So I don't think this has anything to do with just Tinder. I think this you're gonna you run across this everywhere that is a site where you meet people. And quite frankly, it's perfectly understandable that uh, the overwhelming majority of people they simply don't understand polyamory and don't care to. I mean, uh, let's face it, we are evolutionarily hardwired to be monogamous and to pair bond. It's what? it's how we as what? What? Where did you get that information from? No, we're not. Yes, we are. It's how we as a species have survived, Mr. Man. Don't you realize that? No, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'd like to see some evolutionary science information on that, that we pair um, bond for life or wow. just pair bond during mating. No, we... Okay, Boogie, this isn't the part where I try and convince you that what I've read is true because this is okay. true and I will right, email cool. you I'm all just this saying, stuff. just as let's, let's just, okay, sorry, we, proceed. We are hardwired to be monogamous. We are not hardwired. And that's where jealousy comes from because that's how me, the male sex has over time evolutionarily ensured that they spread their seeds. They remain a monogamous with their partner while sneaking out with others. But women know that they have to keep their man. There's all kinds of evolutionary reasons why monogamy is the thing, why we pair bond. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. But somewhere along the way, uh, you know, our intellectual capacity began to surpass those physiological demands. And we started to ask ourselves, yeah, but what if I don't want to be like that? And that's what opened the door to the kind of, um, I will say self-expression that we currently enjoy, particularly if you're lucky enough to be uh, born in a country that values freedom of expression and has the laws to back it up. Like your neighbor may not like what you're doing, but as long as you're not breaking the law, your neighbor can go fuck himself. But the one thing that always astounds me is that despite the fact that on these dating sites or social media sites, most poly people 
knowing how hard it is for others to understand their decisions, go out of their way to explain the particulars of what polyamory is, why they've chosen to do it, how it's done, what they're looking for, what they're not looking for, and so on. They still can expect to receive a healthy dose of this bullshit. And I, I mean, I accept that. That's what the internet is like. I just don't like it. Okay. I'm with you on about 62% of that. Um, but once again, I don't believe, because if we're hardwired for monogamy, why do everyone cheat? Why do people, or why are people attracted to multiple people if we're hardwired to pick a mate and stick with that mate? That doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. It's It makes perfect sense, and I will email you all that information if you'd like. Thanks. I look forward to reading it. Uh, yeah, so, right. <laughs> what do you mean? I read shit every fucking day, Kathy. When you're in your I, I study for this bicycle. fucking show more than you do, bitch. <laughs> oh, my I fucking God. Got, really? I write notes. I analyze shit. I read articles. I have other Those things. post-its you put everywhere? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Miss, miss mm-hmm. Everyone's Wired Monogamous. Um, but here, I agree with you on the thing that this is part of the process. I believe that the concept and construct of monogamy is more uh, nurture than nature and that our society and our religions and our tribes, per se, have been programmed to say that this is how you're supposed to do because it's correct and righteous because that's how people deal with jealousy is by oppressing people and telling them you can't be attracted to anyone other than me. I'm going to control your natural urges to go fuck other people by telling you you have to be only with me because I can't accept the fact that you want to be with other people other than me. So that's that's what the programming is in all of these people in these sites. So once again, it's 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 the same thing. I have to, for myself, understand my responsibility that when I go to any site, when I go to any party, when I go to any place, the fact that I am kinky and aggressively non-monogamous makes me the foreigner in almost any land I step foot in. In any social media, you know, any place I go, that I am most of the time the foreigner. That's why we have things like FetLife, which, by the way, people judge people's poly all the time on FetLife. FetLife isn't some magical place where everyone's all accepting, but it is a higher percentage of people that are the way you want and are looking for things that you are looking for as well. So when I go to those other places, it's it's a matter of acceptance. I'm the foreigner. I'm the minority. I'm the person I understand. I was in religious world. I, I understand the programming. I understand the fear. So when I hear it from people, it's frustrating because I wish more people, I wouldn't have to explain myself so much. But you kind of have to just be patient. You know, you're going to pick up a lot of lame frogs before you find one that has a butt plug and a ball gag. That's just the way it is. We are looking for something very, and even in our poly, our poly can be very specific. What Everything is so specific. 
that you may take years to find people. You may never find people that are exactly what you want. And that's where, Kathy, you're real big on being flexible and, and, and you know, lowering your standards a little bit. But when I'm on these sites, especially sites that are not geared towards kink and BDSM, half of me, the evangelist, is like, well, I at least have a chance to maybe plug that non-monogamy and polyamory for me is, you know, not as evil and horrible as they think. But after a while, it's like, okay, you're not into me next. No, it's, and like I said at the end, it's not, you have to, uh, anywhere you go, any social media site online, you're you're going to have to get used to the fact that 99% of the people there are going to piss you off and, and don't believe the things that you believe. That, that's just the way it goes. It's just, I've always found it astounding to me, like I said, that, that because polyamory is so out in left field for so many people, in my experience, when I have seen others describing in their about me section what it is, and I'm not talking about fat life because you're right, that is an easier pool to swim in. But they, when they go out of their way to explain, like I said, in great detail what it is, uh, you're still going to have a hard time of it because it is an out there concept. And on in an area where you already have a... a a tough road ahead of you, it's made even harder by the fact that, as you say, uh, even within the polyamorous community, there's so many variables, so many variations, so many different types of poly, and you have to describe exactly what kind of poly you are and what your rules are. And it's a, it's a tough one. It's tough out there to, to find that group of people that see things the way you do. And then within that group, hopefully you can find somebody, but uh, yeah, it's pretty funny that this is what you're gonna you're gonna encounter out there, and I think uh, our poster has a really great attitude because they just kind of look at it and go, "Well, let's just look look at this as an interesting experiment because yes. that's about as nice as you can say it." That's all you can do. Just go out there, and you know, I don't know if you lower your expectations, you greatly decrease the chance of being disappointed and frustrated. And angry and bitter. And that's what I had to kind of get over is I was bitter for a long time. Like, uh, people should be like me because I'm so enlightened and woke as a kinky uh, non-monogamous person. But the reality is, is I really have focused on the fact that I'm a stranger in their camp. And even though I truly believe that some of the philosophies that I have on relationships and communication and accepting people as they are. And if it doesn't work out, totally cool. We can be buddies. We're not going to be mates. They don't have to actually fucking accept me. They're not obligated. There's no law that says they have to like me or my fucking Crocs. It's clear that you don't care given you walked into a gym wearing Crocs. (laughs) Well, I mean, in a sense, that's kind of the strength that I build. Because I do, I draw my line in the sand very thick and I say, this is who I am and I am willing to be alone for the rest of my life because I don't expect you to change who you are for me. But if you are somebody that's willing to have a conversation, which I've met lots of those people, even at the gym, it's rare. Every now and again, I think bull sharks 
can actually survive in fresh water for a little bit. So they may not go all the way into the middle of the mountains. You may not go to the mountains in, in you know, the Appalachian Mountains and find a lake and see a shark. But those rare catches are there. And so you just got to be patient and go through it. Yeah, and those of us who, as you say, lower our standards, which I don't think I do. I think no, I, I, I have a... I have a wide net that I can throw out there, and I enjoy, I'm very lucky that I enjoy many things, and I and I don't like a very small amount of stuff. So I I can be happy with some things, uh, just because they happen to. I have a very large Venn diagram. Let's let's put it that way. Right. And so, yeah, you have to be flexible that way. And I think that's once again one of the benefits that we talk about polyamory is that. If I am not stuck with one person and I have to suffer and compromise and change and, you know, for the rest of my, I can have a lot of things. It's just going to be with more than one person. Yeah. And that's one of the, that's literally one of the, the stress relievers of being in a polyamorous relationship is my partners individually do not have to be everything for me. Right. So. Well, it was a great post and very funny because I thought his attitude was great. And thank you for your permission. Is Geeky World News a social enigma? I don't know. Let's ask Enigma. He should know because he's got the same name. It's so great to hear from you. It's been like what? Like at least two hours since I saw you last. Two or three hours. And I have. A shit ton more uh, kink toys to to not use for for a couple more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it was fun though. So for the for the listeners, as I've been talking, I'm uh, I'm downsizing dramatically uh, to try so I can be available to like leave and leave the country or or wherever, and I can't do it paying all the storage every month. So I'm trying to downsize and downs because I mean technically. I love having 850 million floggers and 17 paraffin bass and 70,000 needles and, you know, three different violet wands. But do I really need that in storage? Right. Maybe? <laughs> the answer is no. I, I don't. I didn't need it in the love lab. Right. I mean, Jesus, you need a few good, you know, a few dynamic pairs of floggers, you know, stingy, thuddy. You know, a couple that are longer, shorter, you know. So, I mean, you could get really technical. And, of course, there's a thousand different ways for a thousand different toys. But, ultimately, your intention is the only goddamn thing you need. I mean, if you have intention and you have hands and teeth, you know, you can still have a pretty good kink scene. Right, exactly. You have a couple topics that uh, that I'm excited about, really excited about. In both of them. One is about us, and one is about uh, something that I think is important to talk about, which I don't really think we've talked that much about. Do you want to start with the, the A topic first? Sure. I can talk about the A topic. So this is an article called, I Don't Want Sex With Anyone, The Growing Asexuality Movement. So asexual representation is becoming more common but it's still pretty misunderstood as different sexualities come into the light. Um, this article follows Yasmin as she discusses her discovery of her asexuality. Uh, when Yasmin came out, no one really believed her. Uh, she didn't look like she didn't want sex, as if that's something you can just, you know, 
perceive off of somebody. Um, or maybe it was because of trauma. Maybe she's just, or maybe she's just crazy and can't really connect with people. Uh, lots of theories, lots of theories, but no actual facts or understanding, which left her feeling pretty alone. And our our society doesn't make it any better. Is pretty sexualized. Um, even if our education system doesn't really reflect this, it can make people who are feeling asexual or who kind of are discovering their asexuality are feeling pretty alienated. Um, the internet often gets blamed for this, suggesting it's a fad that started with the bird up chat rooms and and the missing uh, need for physical connection. But the asexual or ace movement um, has been going on for much longer than Al Gore said he invented the web. Mm. Another ace activist, David J, helps others run education online for those who are wanting to find out more about themselves and to feel uh, much, much less alone. Uh, like with any sexuality, some like romance, some are aromantic, and some have sex for the intimacy, but not necessarily for the orgasms. It's more for the connection with the other person than the sex that they're they're having right there. Um, this growing movement is hoping to show that you can have a life uh, filled with close, meaningful connections that don't need sex if you don't want it. Um, like our society often kind of pushes where your relation ha- a relationship has to have sex involved. Um, you can love someone, you can even raise a child with somebody and never actually have sex with that person, with your partner or partners. Um, despite our cultural rhetoric, not everyone needs a mate. Here, here, goddammit. I love this article because it really is misunderstood and it's so wrapped up in like that ego. Like, there's so much ego when people approach people who are asexual or who identify as asexual. It's just that kind of pathetic thing where it's like, oh, you know, it's all about my junk, you know? It's all about, oh, well, obviously. Right. Uh, you haven't experienced a penis or a vagina like mine, so that's the only reason you don't like sex or, you know, you were molested, so now you avoid... There's there's so many bullshit reasons, and I'm so glad this article talked about a lot of them, but there's a million ways to describe people's butthurt that someone could possibly be different than them, that, it's, that somebody could possibly not have any sex drive whatsoever or they could have a very specific type like you said where people they have sex for the intimacy but they don't really care about the orgasms or the feeling it's just you know it's kind of like poly you know there's a bunch of different ways that are personal for the individual person who identifies as asexual and as somebody who is super super hypersexual i do not have a problem with this i don't understand why people it's so competitive that somebody has to be wrong just because their physiology in their brain is such that they just they don't want sex they don't have a sexual attraction maybe they want other right. types of like why why is that a big deal i mean uh I know I brought her up on the show, but the the person that I was doing the kind of primally impacty kind of torture play with, like sex was never involved in that, and that was perfectly fine. It was still fun, it was still very fulfilling. But like we, ne- there were no orgasms, there was no fingering, there was nothing sexual about it. It was just this really fun, interesting connection, and that's what uh, a lot of asexuals and this, it, 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 and they call it a growing movement. It's just like people are getting more attention to this movement 
um, and to these people who have been feeling very ostracized and alone for so long that like you don't have to have sex you don't like i'm i'm pretty sex focused too but that doesn't mean that i can't have fun with somebody and and never have sex with that person i think another thing that comes into play is this uh, thing with especially with uh guys is we're supposed to be the ones that are like ready for sex all the time right and like i don't necessarily did I don't necessarily identify with asexuality, but I, I do consider myself demisexual where like I need to have some sort of emotional connection with somebody or I can't, I don't, I just don't feel connection with, or I don't feel like I'm going to get fulfilled from something. And like, so the sex is just not going to be fun for me. And that's something that I think is in the same line of like, you don't, you don't have to do the things that like society is telling you to do. And I, I think this movement is definitely pushing to bring that more to light. Well, what I think is exciting, and I do use the word exciting, is that this is another, let's say, orientation, you know, the same as gay, the same as kinky, the same as anything. It is how you start an individual conversation with the people that you might be interested in developing some sort of connection with. Mm -hmm. There is no one word. Right. Everything that we talk about is, even whether you're poly, it doesn't matter what you are. You are first enigma, me first boogie, person we interested in, their name. And after that, aren't you, if you're, I mean, if you're interested in fucking, then that's good to know right up front. This person's not interested in fucking. Okay, move on. Find the fucking pussy or vag that you're looking for. Or the dick or vag, sorry. Um, or the vag or vag. Or the dick <laughs> or dick. Or the dick and vag. Or, you know, a donkey. I don't know. But well... it's this. Well, you know, just saying. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Hee-haw, hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw. Hee-haw. They kick good. So what's important is that. Every interaction that you have, no matter who it is or what they're into or not into, isn't there going to be some conversation? Isn't there supposed to be some sort of, you know, courting? And I don't mean courting like, you know, old timey, you know, courty where, you know, we sit on the, you know, our parents swing and, you know, drink lemonade and shit. I mean, the getting to know someone. Right. That con those conversations where you find out. And of course, it's I think, which I do. I am very upfront. First date, first meeting, first whatever. I am kinky. I am sexual. This is who I am. I want to know a little bit about who you are. And at that moment, we decide if we're going to, from that second, I know, are we going to be buddies or are, do we have a chance of being lovers? Right. So... That's why I just I'm so constantly baffled by these topics where people feel isolated and alone. I'm not baffled because I get it, but it's just it's so easy just to have a conversation with somebody. But maybe it's not right. Maybe well, it's just. I mean, not. you can have that conversation, but like talking about like the societal pressures. Like a lot of people have been raised to like think that like if you don't want sex, something's wrong with you. So like people who are who are raised that way to have that sort. Are pushed are, are, are raised a certain way, and then they meet somebody who is asexual, is dimmy. Um, there, there's you know whatever the spectrum is, and it's outside of that quote unquote norm. 
that they've been raised to believe, like, I can definitely see them, like, rejecting somebody because they don't fit into that bubble. Like, people who are, like, pretending, pretending to be straight for so long because they were raised to believe that was evil, that was um, in some way against nature or gay, whatever. Yes, yes, right. it was, it was, yeah, it was to be gay was to go against nature. So, of course, they can't be gay. That, that just means something's wrong with them. So I think that I think that's where people get ostracized. Totally understand that. But you know what? That's not about me. That's your fucking problem. I had religious programming. I had all the fucking things go up my ass. I was told I was a piece of shit for this and wrong for this and sinful for this and going for health. Guess what? Welcome to being an adult. If somebody brings their programming into my world and they haven't dealt with their fucking shit yet, and they haven't let go of all their programming, or they're not interested in let going of their programming, or they're not aware, I have two choices. I can either spend some time and try to educate them and see if they're open once they hear some things, which usually lasts about a day. And after that, go fucking handle your shit. I'm not living my life so I can hang around a bunch of people that can't get over their programming. I only have one life and whatever life you're living, that's the life you, you got to go for. And I'm not going to spend my life trying to convert people, um, that, that don't get me. If they don't get me, that's your fucking problem. Not mine. I'm pretty goddamn secure with what I am or, or what I get to be. Mm-hmm. And I get the choice to be whatever I want down the road. If I want to fucking turn into anything I want, that's my journey. And if I want to find people that I can hold hands with on some of that journey, then it is on them to have their own shit handled. I'll walk with them if they're open to it. If they're open to learning and they're open to discovering and they're a while, I never knew this and let's communicate and blah, blah, blah. I'm totally down with that. But if there's a brick wall and it's their programming, bye. No, I, I, I think it's good to have boundaries, and that's your boundary. Like if it, if there are, if the person that wants to be your partner has a lot has a lot of holdups that they're not willing to work through, that's not your job to help them work through it. Yeah, go be miserable for the rest of your fucking life. I made a choice a long time ago, a long time ago, and I'm not saying I've had a perfect journey. But I will say right. that I have been true to walking my own path, just like I believe you have and Kathy and a lot. And those are the people I choose to hang out with. None of us have to be perfect, but there has mm-hmm. to be a basic willingness to understand that you are different from me and that if we're going to walk this path together, then that means I'm going to have to accept how you walk. Right. And I think it's awesome. And fuck everyone else. And fuck, 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 fuck. So, fuck. <laughs> so we're going to move on. Um, uh, just just so you all know, the uh, article that I just read from, it came from theguardian.com. And this next article comes from thevice.com. This article is called Why Women Like to Call Men Daddy Ow! During Sex. Ow! I, I, I think the audience knows why I picked this one. Ow! Yes! Ow! <laughs> Ow! Daddy, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about you saying that in that voice in my ears. That that, that was a little. <laughs> mm, don't you want to hold me and while I suckle at your nipple? Oh God, boogie! 
<laughs> I will ruin your day. I'll just turn on the fucking machine and some dude's moaning and we'll I'll I'll I'll, I'll get you back. It'll be all right. So for me, uh, a long time uh, for for me during a long time while I was getting into kink, I was actually pretty squigged out by the term daddy. Um, I had you know a lot of the traditional holdups, but like in this article, um, I figured out it has nothing to do with you know having daddy issues, um, and it's not really. Uh, and a big reason for that is because you know we had good old Freud who started the whole we all really just want to bone our parents thing which has been really helpful in our society. You don't? I don't want to bone my parents. No, I don't. No. Okay. <laughs> but he also came up with penis envy. So, you know, that's not great either. Unless, like, you you want the penis, I guess. Poor Freud. Everyone kicks his ass. I know. I mean, he was good for the time, and he started the conversation. But but uh, that influence, Floyd's influence, is still pretty prevalent today, um, even within the sex and mental health, health fields, even though... A lot of Freud's research has been debunked by this point. Uh, now, the author of this article does let his bias out a bit, as Vice articles tend to do, but he did use this bias to talk to a professional. Um, Dr. Margaret Squires is a couples therapist with over 30 years of experience, and she brings up that using the term daddy or even practicing DDLG, which is daddy dom little girl play dynamic, is often a result of what that particular relationship is about and what the dynamic is between the two people. So it's not necessarily about daddy issues or about, you know, the da- the dom wanting to fuck his daughter or anything. It's just about, like, what their relationship and what their dynamic required. Um, I do like how the indie article, um, it's important to recognize our own individuality and find a partner who supports that, which I think is a really good overarching theme for um, a lot of relationships. You know... I'm glad that this is similar. A lot of my rant that I would have for this has already been taken care of in the first. Because it's that same kind of thing. <laughs> if you don't understand and you can't have right, a conversation, right. I want to go fuck yourself. But I want to also say something. Mm-hmm. This is a different rant. This is, okay. this is rant part part okay. seven. You know what? Okay. Just to be honest. A lot of times we're very quick as people that are in the age play, DDLG, daddy, mommy, boy, girl uh, dynamics. We're always very quick to say it's not about people with daddy issues. Mm -hmm. It's not about, you know, people that have been abused. It's not about this or that. And you're right. Most of the time it's not. But guess what? Sometimes it is. Because most fucking humans have parent issues. Most kids were not brought up in a self-actualized environment where their parents treated them like an individual instead of a thing and allowed their minds to expand and they were allowed to make mistakes but just kind of guided them so they didn't kill. Most of us did not have that. Most humans have daddy and mommy issues. Most of us. And so what is so horribly wrong that if you were abandoned by a parent and a parent wasn't there creating daddy issues, what is so wrong with having a dynamic with an individual that gives you what you were missing emotionally while at the same time as adults, as sober consenting adults, you can kind of still play with the intimate sexual side too, if that's what that dynamic means to you right who really cares 
What is it any of anyone's business? As long as there is sober consent between adults, we're so afraid of people saying, oh, it's not daddy issues, it's not daddy issues. Well, sometimes it is. I have horrible fucking parent issues. My parents treated me like shit. I have all sorts of icky, icky, ugly stuff. Of course I'm working out things. And Mm -hmm. every positive relationship I have is an opportunity to maybe flesh out and have catharsis in some of those issues. There's nothing wrong with that. When that relationship replaces healthy work and becomes a negative obsession or you're not growing as a person because you're relying and codependent on that relationship, then that's negative, just like with anything. Right. But there's nothing wrong if you have some issues and you're working it out in your relationships because isn't that part of what a relationship is? Is to have someone that you can walk with and like learn things with and hopefully grow and get over shit and become a better person? Question mark. Yeah, I I think that like they were saying at the end of the article, like you're you're trying to have find people who you're connected with. Um, I also agree with the whole like. Like some people think that like impact play has to do with somebody, you know, they got spanked a lot as or they got beaten as a child, and so they're they've translated that into their sex life. But some people just like to get hit. Yeah. Um. I think there's definitely there's both sides of that, and neither side is necessarily wrong. It's just how you're doing that, and if you're hopefully doing that in a healthy way, as opposed to you know finding other abusive p- partners or finding quote-unquote doms who just like to beat people up and aren't necessarily worried about consent or anything like that's i think that's where that's where the conversation should be is finding healthy safe relationships where you can practice those things that may or may not be looked down upon or like looked at in an odd way um but like you can work with those with somebody who's going to respect you and love you for who you are and help you walk that path that you want to walk amen god damn it Amen. Amen. I don't give a fuck what the reason is. As long as it's healthy. <laughs> as long as it winds up on my dick. Ow! Yeah. <laughs> on the dick. Or on the face. I'll take it on the face. I mean, I'll take um, it on the face. Ew. Mm. Okay. I'm just kidding. I mean, a little face I'm just kidding. I'm okay I with th- that. Skeet skeet mm-hmm. on your face mm-hmm. and me and daddy and the thing before <laughs> and it got weird and- now it's that awkward gay jingle time. Two head guys talking about potentially awkward gay stuff. Okay. Hey, Boogie, do you want to know where people can find us on the internet? Wow, Enigma. Is there a place they can find us on the internet? Well, they can find us on FetLife at Perverted Podcast. There's both a group and a page. They can find us on Twitter at Perverted PCast, and they can find us on Instagram at Perverted Podcast. Our friend from uh, Iceland wrote to us and said, Hello, lovely PP. Thank you. You saved Iceland. Woo! Thank you. Thank Iceland. you. Thank you very much. Thank you. He, we do says, the time. We rock, man. We he, put in the time. He, we do. He says, Your prayers were answered. Iceland is no longer shaken like a crazy Hitachi. Instead, the lava erupted, and we have an active volcano an hour away from yes. the capital. Yes, yes, that is so <laughs> cool. It is pretty fucking amazing. He says, "As a thank you for your prayers, I hiked there 
Not always possible because if the wind turns the wrong way, you can be kaput due to the gas and pollution from the volcano. And I planted the PP flag by recording a couple of videos while saying the name of the podcast. Oh, my God, Boogie. Kathy! Kathy! <laughs> I don't even know. What? Kathy! Our listeners can now experience, you can either go to YouTube, uh, to our page, or go to our FetLife page, and what you are going to see before you is probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. Because when you go on a volcano tour in Hawaii to their active volcanoes, they you pay a hundred bucks and they hike you up like a quarter mile away from the spewing. And so you're like, oh, look, we saw a lot of dead lava rock. And then kind of off in the distance, you see some orange and, and uh, you know, maybe you'll see a little stuff in the distance. Oh, no, that's not Iceland, Kathy. Uh-uh. Oh, no. They're like, hey, go for it. Go up there. Fucking cook a taco on that shit. This fucking video, I saw this video and all of those people just like literally fields of glowing red molten lava cracks and they're all because it's all snowy and cold and they're all bundled up and in the background is this giant hill thing that's literally spewing up globs of fucking molten earth like 50 feet into the air and all of a sudden you hear Jekyll and Mr. Tom go perverted podcast (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. I took my laptop out to the patio where my sister's having friends over and I showed it to them and they just thought it was the most amazing shit. I can't believe someone did that. It's been so long since someone planted the PP flag that I think Boogie should explain what that is. Well, the PP flag is pretty much actually Joe did it. He went on a really cool lake bed photo shoot and he did it. I used to have him post it because I'm a I'm a cunt. It's true. So uh, I I saw him today. I gave him a bunch of fucking beaver pelts. Um, But yeah, I don't know what that is. That's it's not code. They're pelts of (laughs) beavers that I've been holding as I'm at the exodus out of storage to get rid of so I can leave if I have to. Um, But planting the PP flag is simple. You get a little sign that says perverted podcast and you go to places and you take pictures and selfies with that. Or if you can't have your face in it, just hold up the sign or put it on a statue or somewhere inappropriate, but not where you're going to get in trouble unless you're really good at getting away with it. Didn't say that. Did I say that? I did say that. I think you did say that. And, and it can, hey, it can be any form of self-expression, like Jekyll and Mr. Dom pretty much singing perverted podcast. Yes. I mean, we've had people, we've had some amazing ones. We had one uh, one lady that did all this dildo, like with, you know, clothespins spreading her wide open and pee-pee all over her. It was amazing. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, our uh, our listeners are pretty goddamn cool. And, but I, w- I got to admit, you know, the fact that he went to an active volcano and uh, you got to go man. see it. It's on it's on our FetLife page. If you pay the five bucks a month, you can see those. And if not, go to YouTube to the Perverted Podcast YouTube channel. And it's there. It's nine seconds long. And you're going to be like, yep, that's a, that's a <laughs> lot of people sitting there. <laughs> it's kicking. <so> crazy. <laughs>
But didn't he? But didn't he also give us stuff? He did when you were talking about a while ago when we were talking about the volcanoes and you came up with your crazy ideas of what you can do during an earthquake. He wrote to us and he said uh, that your pronunciation of Reykjavik was much more closer than mine was. Thanks a lot. Well, I that's because I'm it awesome. Probably. It's true, which I couldn't I guess, do again, but, you know. I, I guess you read a lot, don't you, Boogie? I do, just... Catherine. I do. <laughs> he also called us big whores, which I always love it when people call us big whores because it makes us sound a lot cooler than we are. Yeah. So I embrace we're big the term, a big whores. Well, we are, yeah. Well, because during our segment... Um, there was a part of the Iceland saving Iceland segment where it was something about Bigfoot and whatever. And I, cause I didn't know what the Icelandic version of Bigfoot, the Loch Ness monster, abominable snowman. So I put out a call. If any of our Icelandic listeners could tell us what your folklore monsters are, that would be great. Yeah, and cause, so, cause you got to bring up the Bigfoot everywhere. Don't you boogie? I still have that call. I have the Bigfoot call whistle thing and I will use it. Oh, oh, and we will bring Bigfoot bring to All this right. show again. Bigfoot, the missing link of humanity. But if you fuck my girlfriend, is it bestiality? Friend. <laughs> well, he answered the call. He said, you asked us to tell you about our mythical creatures. Yes, Icelanders are very much down to earth and accepting, but we have plenty of history, folklore stories, and mythical creatures. The most general ones are tales of elves and ghosts. The most known ones are the 13 Santa Clauses that visit the 13 days before Christmas. And the most famous mythical creature we have is the Christmas cat. The stories say that children who do not receive clothes as Christmas gifts get eaten by the Christmas cat. What the fuck is going on over there in Iceland? Why would you say that's a Christmas story? Well, I mean, you know, don't fuck with the Christmas cat. Maybe you should uh, do your chores and uh, do good in school because you're going to get eaten. by. I like how all the old folklore, and it goes all over the world. The Europeans, the European folklore is the most prominent for, like, children eating. Like, oh we are going God. to control the behavior of these fucking children with fear and hellfire brimstone. You are going to be eaten by some fucking crazy creature. You better go to sleep and eat your fucking vegetables. That's all I'm saying. God, parents suck. Yeah, they do. They really, really do. They do. Okay, I'm going to Yeah, if you bet, you better ask for clothes or the cat's going to eat you. That's like a horrible thing to tell a kid. And cats have those weird teeth, so they got to kind of rip at you a little bit. Like, have you ever seen a cat eat a bird? It's not oh, pretty. Why you got to go there? It's really not pretty. Ew. That, thank, that... thank God, Kathy. What? You and I are adults, <laughs> and the Christmas cat will not eat us when we go to Iceland. But instead, we can just joy at the fact that it's eating children. Oh. And that'll be our entertainment. I think that's your entertainment. I'm not going to revel in in, in that. <laughs> I mentioned I'm not that big fan of kids. Uh, either am I, but I don't want them eaten alive by a cat. <laughs> All right. They... <laughs> Maybe you could hit them with a fish bat first. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah! 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 <laughs> God, that is the end of 
show 304. If you like what you hear every week, and if you think this show brings value into your lives, give a little thought to becoming a Patreon supporter. Visit patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast and consider donating five bucks if you give a fuck. In the meantime, write to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com or message, message us via perverted podcast profile on fetlife.com. And finally, a heartfelt and most appreciative shout out to our Patreon supporters. It's your wonderful, wonderfulness that keeps the show possible. And thank you also to just anybody who's listening to the show. Because quite frankly, we love you Patreon supporters. But even if you're only listening, you do us a big favor by keeping us going every week. Thank you very much. Fantastic, Kathy. I am so excited to be digging into more stuff, more listener interviews, more new segments, more volcanoes, more <laughs> angry dick for Kathy. Yay. More, 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 more. That's what this show is about. Pushing the envelope, getting paper cuts from the envelope. Why do we talk about envelopes? How does that apply here? Nobody cares. Put your dick in it. Put your lip in it. And we'll see you guys next week for show 305. Woohoo! I put my hand in your pussy and I make a fist. You get so wet I just can't resist. A sexual adventure for an uber horny chick. I'm stretching your vag but being careful of your cervix. Fisting woe For the girl that needs girth This does the trick Fisting woe Cause no human dick Could ever beat this thick She needs to relax And so do you Make sure you have consent And a whole lot of lube It takes a lot of trust To make it work great Not something I would recommend you try on a first date. Fisting, oh, for the girl that needs girth, this does the trick. Fisting, oh, cause no human dick could ever beat this thick. Patience, never force it, never force it, more lube, communicate, never force it, never force it, almost there, just relax, never force it, never force it, here we go, here we go, yeah! You got it in, she's in orgasmic bliss, an amazing thing to see a woman take a whole fist. Don't worry guys, it'll go back to shape, cause the hoo-ha was designed to squirt out a babe. Fisting, oh, or the girl that needs girth, this does the trick. Fisting, oh, cause no human dick could ever beat this thick. No human dick could ever beat this thick. No human dick could ever beat this thick. It works on buttholes, too.